For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host is Grace Duffy, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you the expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we explore updates to Facebook ad relevancy metrics with special guest Amanda Bond. Wherever you're at, listening, watching, whatever, share this with someone you know that needs to hear this news. And join us next week for Social Media Marketing World 2019. It is not too late. Go to smmw19.com. And by the way, we will not be doing this show next week, but we will be live twice on Thursday and twice on Friday from the live stage at Social Media Marketing World 2019. Joel Kamm and Sonny Leonard Doozy will be interviewing many of the speakers from that event. To watch that, go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live stage. And as usual, everything we mentioned in this show, you can find in the Saturday article, which you can find at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. Let's get into the show. First up, let me intro our guest, who is the owner of the ad strategist and the creator of the strategy system, which she uses to mix education and entertainment to show people the right way to do Facebook advertising. Amanda Bond was a speaker at Social Media Marketing World 18, 2018, and is speaking at Social Media Marketing World 2019 next week. By the way, check out her report on the state of the union of Facebook advertising at theadstrategist.com slash SME dash news. It is Amanda Bond, also known as Bond. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me here. And Eric, I love how you introed today and talked about relevant social media marketing news because that is uh, maybe a little segue into what we'll be chatting about today. I didn't make that connection until just now when you said it, but... I will take that retroactively. Yeah, so. fair. <laughs> so we've got Facebook ad news, which means it's Amanda Bond time, which means let's break this down, which is what you're good at. So let's Thank take you. it away. All right. Okay. The big news coming out of Facebook this week is we are saying goodbye to something in Ads Manager. Bye-bye, relevant score. This actually really excites me because I was never a big lover of relevant score. And if you're joining us live, I'd love to hear your take on that. Do you love relevant score? Mm, do you hate relevant score? So before we go further, let's just clarify what is that so that if people kind of forget or didn't like it or did like it, yeah. I want to know like why you didn't also. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Facebook really never 
was extremely clear about what it did or didn't mean for our ads because you could have a high relevance score, which was supposed to mean this is relevant to the audience that you're targeting, but zero results on your ads. So as a marketer, you're scratching your head being like, wait, what? But you could, on the flip side, have a really low negative score, or really low relevance score. And that score was on a scale of one to 10. So a high relevance score might be a seven, eight, nine, or 10. And then a low one could be like one to five. But you could have a low relevance score and your ads could still be crushing it. So for advertisers at the end of the day, it was just this like arbitrary ranking system that we mm. didn't really understand how it overall impacted. And of course, Facebook always says it's a combination of your copy and your creative and the experience and their engagement rate. And it's like, okay, that's a lot of things that could be affecting this metric. And just because of that non-clarity, is that a word? Unclarity? The grammar Nazis, sure. please like show up and, and correct that for me. <laughs> lack, lack, of, lack of clarity. Lack of clarity. Lack, yes, lack of, of clarity. clarity. Um, it just, it didn't really make sense to look and focus in, hone in on that relevance score as a measure of how successful your ads were. So. Kind of like look. testing scores in a high school or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Those things were important, aren't they? Says the A student from high school. Okay. <laughs> but. Relevant score, it's it was just kind of nonsense. And I know there's going to be people in the comments telling me otherwise and telling me how powerful it was for their use. So always I love to hear those perspectives. But Facebook agreed and they're getting rid of it. <laughs> so from what I understand, they're not completely getting rid of it, but they're like they added they kind of broke it down to three different parts, right? So exactly. So they still you still have it. It just you they just added like instead of one big knob, now you can change. Different knobs, right? Little ones, little nice. ones, little ones. Go. Yeah. So April 30th, it, it's going to be taken out of Ads Manager, and they're slowly starting to integrate these three new ones. So first one is quality ranking, and again, it's feeling a little bit vague, like relevance at this point. So we're hoping more data comes out around it. But quality ranking is essentially Facebook taking a score of how your content quality, how your ad quality is going to stack up against your competitors. From the three different rankings that they're going to be introducing, the biggest, the biggest new thing that I believe will be stronger with these new metrics is how you're ranking against your neighbor, right? Other people bidding on the same optimizations and the same audiences. Because before, relevance score could have meant that, but it also could have meant internally, what's your copy creative experience? So it seems like these new scores are really about measuring your performance with similar advertisers bidding for the same audiences, trying to get that attention. And it'll give you a rank like, are you average? Are you above average? Are you not doing very well at all in terms of the quality of your ad? So that's number one. Number two, I get fired up about this one because you guys know I always talk about engagement rate when it comes right. to increasing your reach. Like, and, you know, so many people think it's pay to play out there, but if you have engagement, you get the reach. So the second score they're going to introduce is engagement rank, re engagement rate ranking. 
which again, isn't about your own engagement rate. It's about ranking you against the other advertisers bidding for the same audience there. So I'd love to hear because you guys know I'm such an engagement rate, like evangelist. What do you think about that one? That one. Okay. So I got to ask, like, I mean, is this meaning that if I, as a page get higher engagement overall on my account, does that mean then my ads have a better chance or am I mistaken? Yeah. Good clarifying question. This does only have to do with our advertising. So if you're, if your page engagement is high organically, all the social media posts that you put out there, you're going to get a lot more reach. You're going to get a lot more likes, comments, shares, DMS, link clicks, et cetera, on the page. But this new metric, again, it's all about the paid advertising. So it's ranking you against other advertisers bidding for similar audiences based on how engaging your ads are. And engagement could mean, like I said, likes, comments, shares, clicks, people messaging you uh, over on Instagram. It could be people DMing you, clicking the link in your bio, doing carousel swipes. So it's people not just scrolling by your ads and, you know, like they're, they're black, they're browser blackouting, right? We want people that are going to engage with the ads and that indicates that they might be interested in what we have to offer. So in the same way, I got to ask this other clarifying question then. So in the same way that some of our reach and engagement is based on the past reach and engagement, does that then translate to our past reach and engagement on ads being a factor in our uh, com- competition to the other ads? Good question. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So the engagement rate rate ranking, that was a hard one to say. The engagement, <laughs> engagement rate, rate ranking, ranking. <laughs> will be when you start up a new campaign, it is looking at that campaign in isolation with the other ads running in the auction from your competitors to that audience at the same time. As advertisers, what we can do with this data is assess, hey, is our audience actually interacting with us? If the answer, like if you have a low engagement rate ranking, (laughs) I have to think so hard saying those words. (laughs) Can we just short form it? If you have have a low ERR, then- There you go. I was just going to say that. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. If your ERR is low, then what happens as advertisers, we can look at that and start to assess and reflect as to why. Maybe we are showing up like a spammy McMarketerson and being too selly in our ads, making it about us, the advertisers, instead of creating ad copy that entices and engages the end user, right? Let's, let's stop making ads about us advertisers. Let's make them about the audience that we are trying to attract. So your ERR <laughs> could totally <laughs> tell you those things because if your competitors are doing it better, mm-hmm. then we need to take that into account. And I mean, we have amazing tools to then go spy on the competition where you can go to your competitors' Facebook pages, click on info and ads, and then see what other ads they're running to their target market and use that as insight and inspiration to create better ads of your own. I I mean, I think this one's going to be really cool to understand essentially where you rank as an advertiser in terms of engagement with your audience. Absolutely. And how does this compare with the next one, which is the 
CRR, the conversion rate ranking. So the CRR, the CRR, yeah. <laughs> the CRR, the conversion rate ranking is perfect for people who are fascinated with their metrics all the way through the sales process, right? Like engagement rate ranking is good to understand your messaging, how you're resonating with the audience and how they're interacting with your Facebook ads on the Facebook ads platform. But then conversion rate ranking is going to rank you again against your competitors who are using similar optimizations for how it is turning into results for the business. So when we go to put up an ad and we optimize for purchase because we want people to purchase a product service offer, we're going to see, hey, are our ads achieving that objective better or worse than our competitors? And then once you have that ranking, it gives you the insight to then understand, okay, what about this could be lower or higher than our competitors? And then it just gives you more like more data post Facebook, aka if you are trying to get people to opt into a webinar training and Facebook is ranking you against other people that are looking for lead optimization for the same audience that you are trying to target, if it's saying you're a three and your competitors are out there ranking higher than three, we can then look to them and say, well, what is it about the messaging that I have on Facebook, aka the ERR, engagement rate ranking on Facebook, and what happens once they get to that landing page? What happens when they, you know, maybe they're not, they're clicking to the landing pages, but they're abandoning ship. Okay, well, what's going on on that page? Is my messaging clear on the page? Is there enough details? Do I, am I a spammy like bro marketerson and like people don't want to engage with you off of Facebook? So conversion rate ranking for all you funnel hackers out there, like those, this, this score is going to tell you how you're ranking against the back end of other marketers. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually well, used all together. Yeah. yeah. So when used together, this, this, so this, so when's this switchover happening? We're getting this, rid of the old one and we're bringing these three new ones. Yeah. So the old one is going to be completely out by April 30th. They're introducing the new ones in the, the wave that they always do for new features. So be on the lookout from now until April 30th. These will start landing in your account and they're actually going to be taking things out of your account. So there's a few different metrics that people really weren't using at all. <laughs> so they're like, okay, if relevance score is going away, what else are we going to get? Or what else are we going to take out? And I think the, the biggest one that impacts us as marketers is ROAS, use, uh, return on ad spend. They had a metric for ROAS that was uh, offline conversions, web conversions, app conversions, and it calculated your return on ad spend across each of those channels. Well, now Facebook's just combining that into one condensed ROAS metric. So you'll just get a return on ad spend across channels. Because I mean, we all know that people bounce around from here to there, to Instagram, to Facebook, to YouTube, to Pinterest, right? So Facebook is just condensing it and saying, we're going to track everything, but we're just going to put it in one return on ad spend bucket. 
Very Will cool. you be able to still break it out if you are interested in how many people are buying on mobile versus desktop? I, yes, mobile versus desktop. You can break it out into different placements. So there okay. are little functionalities that you can say, okay, um, I can't even, I think it's, I think it's called breakdown. I can't even think of what the button's called right now, but there's a button that allows you to break it down by placement, by device, by gender, by country, by Mm -hmm. age. Like there are different criteria that we can get more granular. Um, But ROAS as a general oversight, they weren't finding that people were using all three of them. So they're just making it one. Okay. Because I mean- yeah, because before it was divided up by mobile, web, and then on Facebook. And so now it's just, okay. Well, yeah. but the point is, is like they took it out because no one was using it. So if no yeah, one was using exactly. it, maybe I should stop worrying about it. <laughs> exactly. And I actually, just to clarify, so what I think you're thinking of here, like mobile, web, and on Facebook, mm-hmm. that is a like that is a placement breakdown. That's not what we're okay. talking about here. We're talking about... There was a report that you are not a report, but like a column that you could see in your ads manager, a separate column that said offline conversion, aka you had to upload that data to Facebook and it would calculate the ROAS accordingly, uh, app ROAS, and then website ROAS. So they were finding you're not an offline advertiser who has a bricks and mortar store that typically also does digital marketing that also has an app. Like that's mm-hmm. a very rare occurrence that somebody is a master of all three of those things, <laughs> right? So they've, they've taken the ability to track through to the conversion value at the end of the day of those three separate channels and just condense them into one return on ad spend. You can still break it down to say that person converted on mobile, but like you just see the total ROAS, but let's say you had an app and you had a website, you wouldn't now be able to see like, are they coming from the app as the, um, like as the platform or are they coming on Facebook? They're just like boop together. Perfect. Gotcha. And then there's two other, four others actually. So the one was messaging replies and then cost per messaging replies. That's being replaced with the new messaging connections and new messaging connections and then messaging conversations started. So yeah. Tell us about that. Okay. So this is essentially just a new naming structure because it's pretty much the same thing. So (laughs) other than cost, right? Because they're getting rid of the cost of messaging replies. So maybe they will come up with the cost per new messaging connections. But right now it looks like they're going to be reporting on the number of new people that are interacting with you on Messenger from your ads. And then they're going to be tracking your conversations started. So the way that I'm interpreting this one right now is new con- or new connections are brand new people that haven't interacted with you in this format. Conversations started means maybe they've previously interacted with us, but now that that conversation is continuing. So from what it sounds like this metric is going to be, conversations started will be a higher number than your new connections if you're using messenger ads like more frequently. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Let's see, is and there anything, did we miss, what's the offer, other one? Okay. There, there was offer saved and then That's cost it. per offer saved. And now it's yeah. going to be a post saved metric. So yeah. I guess it's like, it goes, it's rather than just offers or the cost per offers, it's just condensed them again, right? Yeah, to exactly. Offer. And 
And offers. I mean, I actually don't know any advertisers that are using (laughs) offers. Like this was one that came out, I'm going to say like four or five years ago. Um, It was offers when you like had a coupon or something and then you Mm -hmm. get emailed the coupon and then you like get to use it somehow. But then Facebook doesn't, I don't, again, it was, I don't know anyone who's still using that. Again, Facebook doesn't know anyone who's still using that if they're getting rid of it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. (laughs) And they're replacing it, like you said, with posts saved. So it's more important to understand for the engagement rate ranking, the ERR, to understand who's saving our ads to refer to later right? Because there are some good ads out there that, I mean, maybe they go straight to a product. Maybe they go straight to like an offer, or maybe they're just really educational to warm up the audience. And so a lot of people do save ads. Now, Facebook is just going to report how many of those people are doing that, which if they're starting to report it, makes me wonder, is this going to be included in our new um, engagement custom audiences so that we can retarget the people who are saving our ads? That could be a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Facebook does read and Facebook does its own kind of retargeting when you save posts because like I'll be like you saved this 10 yeah. days ago you haven't opened it yet and I'm like yeah. leave me alone <laughs> you're like you don't know my life Facebook <laughs> <laughs> you don't know why I saved that <laughs> exactly oh my gosh I'm just holding it for a friend <laughs> Exactly. Oh my gosh. So the the last thing that I'm, I'm digging this uh, final metric that they're doing, they're actually doing an update to how they report potential reach. So, you know, when you're in ads manager, you go to set up an ad and Facebook does an audience estimate. It's like, it's going to get a daily reach of X. And then based on if you're optimizing for traffic or conversions, it'll be like, you'll get X amount of clicks or you are estimated to get X amount of conversions. Well, Facebook is basically coming out and saying, yeah, sorry, that wasn't really an accurate estimate of what was going to happen. So we're going to fix that. (laughs) So they're going to be doing some more accurate representation as you're setting up the ad because advertisers were complaining like, cool, Facebook, you th- you told me that I was probably going to get 20,000 impressions, but I got two, What's up, or like 2,000. What's up with that? So Facebook's now saying, we're going to give you a more accurate representation of what your budget will actually do once you hit publish to put that ad out there. So, I mean, I think all these are great things and great progress to the platform. So it says I, in the write-up from Facebook that it it will only include people in a potential reach who are shown an ad on Facebook within the last 30 days. Well, we are all bombarded with all kinds yeah. of ads. Is that specific? Like, you know, let's say I'm a toilet brush company. Yeah. And like now I only want to see how many people have been shown an ad related to my industry, right? Right. Or is it just any ad? I it's mean, just it's just any ad. So what that's right. gonna do is ultimately get rid of bots who aren't on the platform that just have accounts, get rid of inactive accounts that aren't actually seeing uh, ads themselves because they're not logging in in the last 30 days. They don't have eyeballs. Bots don't have eyeballs. Bots don't have eyeballs, right? Like inactive (laughs) or or people that don't even use their Facebook ad accounts, they're not going to put those people into the audience targeting because they're not going to log in and see that ad anyway. Or there's other things like, uh, workplace or when you're on their like donations tab or mm-hmm. straight in messenger.com on your desktop. Like you don't see ads as a user of those things. Okay. Yet. 
<laughs> yet, but they're not going to include those in the estimates. So you're going to see once you go to set up an ad, the mm-hmm. potential audience pool, the potential reach, the potential results are going to be lower, but that's just going to help us make more accurate budget decisions and ad buying decisions at the end of the day. So don't look at this one as a, a negative, like just look at this one as thanks for being accurate in your info. <laughs> Wish you did it before. <laughs> yeah. So does this change the way that we as advertisers are being billed for ads? If it like, if, if the potential reaches then no. Okay. Yeah, no, nothing. None of the things that we talked about today are going to affect how you're billed. I okay. mean, the way that you're billed on Facebook is a myriad. I, I think the last time I looked, there was like a dozen different factors that determine uh-huh. your CPM. So, okay. The only thing that I take away in terms of budgeting from all this is do pay attention to your quality ranking, your engagement rate, your conversion rate rankings, like pay attention to those things because when you have better ads that get better results, at the end of the day, you can spend more for your costs, like your CPMs. I will happily spend $100 CPMs versus my competitor who might only be willing to spend $20 CPMs because mm-hmm. I know the rest of it works. So as advertisers, pay attention to all these things because it'll just help you improve that user experience and then you'll get better ad results and then you won't care about your budget because you'll hit it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely right. <laughs> awesome. Well, Amanda, before we say goodbye, I want to ask you, what's your session Okay. My session next week is all about building a social media sales machine. So it is going to pair ads, right? Ad sequencing through three phases, connect, commit, close, branding, lead generation, and sales. But then we talk about how to Tailor your social media so that every single time somebody likes, comments, shares, interacts with you on Facebook or Instagram, that is going to trigger off an ad sequence that turns these people into customers. And it's going to feel like you're building a machine, hence social media sales machine. Nice. That's awesome. Great pitch, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Amanda... We'll see you next week at Social Media Marketing World 2019. And uh, I don't know what else to say other than looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. And to everyone else who's watching, we'll see you there. Yeah. Absolutely. Have a good day, Amanda. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Great to see you, Amanda. As usual, by the way, like I said earlier in the show, uh, it's not too late to join us. You can still go to smmw19.com. Uh, And that's where you can still uh, join us next week in person. But also, if you know that you can't be there, like if you know that like, uh, uh, travel, uh, I'm listening to this as a podcast the week the event is happening, just not possible. There's still something we have called the virtual ticket. And so, again, same link, smmw19.com. Go there, and that's where you will find out more. So. Uh, I am bringing up an image here for our next bit of news here, which caught my eye. And I thought this looks interesting and I want to get, you know, and we've got a live show, you know, we've got people watching this live as we record the podcast and then people in post, if you go to our show notes, socialmediaexaminer.com slash news, and you see what this looks like. I want to ask you if you feel like this new camera feature that Twitter has just done 
uh, I don't have it yet, but it's Twitter's redesigned their in-app camera and the way that it shares stuff out. I want to ask you if this looks like Twitter's version of stories. Now it's not video. It's just, uh, well, it is video if it's live, but if it's um, images, it still looks like Twitter stories. So um, kind of jumping the gun there a little bit on what I'm saying it, it looks like, but there you go. So there's screen share. There's a screen share here, which it blurs out for me for some reason. Um, there we go. Okay. I hovered it. Anyway, I, if anybody can see this, what it is, essentially it's on mobile. It's a redesign of the mobile camera app inside the Twitter native app. And from anywhere in the Twitter app, you swipe from the right side of the screen to the left, which is the opposite of Facebook, by the way, on Facebook, you swipe from the left to the right. And, um, you swipe from, from, from right to the left and the camera comes up and it's automatically in, what is it? Non selfie mode. If that makes sense. So front facing, not back facing towards you front facing. It opens, like your, Twitter, rear it opens yeah. your rear facing camera. So the back yeah. the camera on the back of your phone. Yes. And it's because they want you to share what you're seeing, which is very Twitter esque, right? Like, doesn't that kind of fit with what we, you know, it's, it's, what are you doing? Where, what are you seeing? Where are you going? That kind of thing. It's exactly like that. Well, you can see uh, in the screenshots that I have uh, provided here that we're looking at in the live show. Uh, one is, and these are courtesy of TechCrunch, by the way, this is from a TechCrunch. No, The Verge, sorry. Correction. This is from The Verge. <laughs> from The Verge. I forgot where I got this for a second. Um, so this guy is in his hotel room, I assume, and he's showing the camera from outside. And it's a vertical. It's not just a vertical image. It's a vertical. Ver it's like almost a vertical video, but it's a still shot. And then at the bottom, it's there's text on a like a bluish bubble and a little uh, pin that says P.F. Chang's. And I mean, tell me that, I mean, Grace, you've seen stories like does does this not. And then the one next to it having fun in Texas, do, do these not look like. They are Twitter's version of a story on Instagram. They look like they are. To, uh, uh, they are competing with the with the stories features, and the and the thing is, like, um, you know, they they designed this specifically, like you're saying, with the rear camera uh, opening with the rear lens because they want to capture the world around you, and this is by default and by design, of course. And then you have the opportunity to add a location, but not just a location, like you see in these screenshots. Uh, you can also add a hashtag. You can also yes. add some text around it. And let's let's also mention this was announced at uh, South by Southwest in Austin this past week. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of these hashtags are coming from. And so they're looking to target um, larger events and definitely key locations. They're starting with uh, sporting events and big events in the U.S. for now. And of course, they're looking to expand that. But I think that the hope, and they've said this too, the, the hope is that it makes Twitter the place you go to see what's happening in the world around you. And it really wants to target in on those in-person big events happening. And so that you, even though you're not there physically, you still feel a part of it. Yes. So I, you know, they, this, this started to roll out. There's one other key piece I want to mention, but first- okay. They started to roll this out the other day. I still do not have it as of this morning, checking yet again. And I've been updating the app like crazy. And I'm just like, please give me this before social media marketing <laughs> world next week. I hope people start using this next week because it looks really cool, yeah. which now gets into my other main point and my other screenshot, which is how it looks in the feed. Once you tweet it, literally the text of the tweet 
is on the image like we showed previously, and mm -hmm. it shows up in the tweet stream as a much longer or taller, if you will, uh, image. And it still shows where it was taken. It shows, you know, the text of the that was placed in it. That's almost like the text of the tweet, but placed inside the it's embedded in the image. That's probably a better way to put it. And this looks bigger. This looks like it's yeah. taking up more of the feet. So like so what this translates to in terms of desktop, but especially on mobile, is it's that it's instead of a landscape video coming through your feed, say on Twitter or on Facebook, that Oh, and I recognize that that's a video. Imagine seeing, uh, you know, where we're already used to seeing square videos that take up, you know, almost twice that size. And it kind of has more time on screen as you're scrolling to grab your attention and bring you in. And that's what's happening here almost, although this is taller than even square. Right. And it is only an image, but it's like, ooh, and like, I'm going to stop and look at that. So I just, I think this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I think I, ha I mean, I have a feeling like I, as a person, I have not still been all that like Instagram story ish when it comes to using it. Like I just, I just don't do Instagram stories all that much. I do them for social media examiner, but for personal, I'm just like, eh, like, do I care? But if I can do a version of that out to Twitter, then I think I'm going to be more interested. So yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on this. It's definitely a more immersive format. So yeah. I know that sometimes when you see a, photo on Twitter. Sometimes it's just a link or sometimes it's, or, or the Twitter's kind of, or the picture, Twitter kind of crops the photo. Right. And so you have to click on it. There's another, but this is right here. Like it's just this large, like you said, vertical thing that you can like look right into. And I think what makes this really interesting is that when you are someplace cool, Eric, you know, and I've seen you do this, you do post a lot more photos and you do post a lot more stories. And next True. week I imagine you'll be doing a lot more stories. And so there'll maybe be a lot of stuff. Yeah, maybe well, in your you know, day to day. I don't yeah. do a lot of stories either. I mean, you can only take so many photos of my kids' car line. But <laughs> but um but I think you know it highlights like if you are in an interesting place or an interesting event like social media marketing world or like South by Southwest or anything else, you will you do want to talk about it. You do want to show it. And it's yeah. just it, I, I think it's another way that Twitter is setting itself apart. So yep. Uh, this see today is the 15th. I believe it was Wednesday, Friday, the 15th. I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday that this announcement came out. And at that time they said, this is rolling out to all of you. Literally. That's what they said to all mm -hmm. of you over the next few days. So I don't have it yet. We're about three to four days into that countdown, crossing my fingers that in the next couple of days it happens, but keep an eye yep. out for it and let us know what you think. Uh, we got more Twitter news too, though. So, yeah. So Twitter launched its uh, prototype app and its uh, new beta testing program called Twitter, spelled T-W-T-T-R, which is actually Twitter's original name. Right. So uh, and it's it, it went out to the first round of participants this past week. So if you um, if you signed up and you got accepted, then uh, you know it, <laughs> I guess. And then people that are um, that have signed up, uh, they, they did say that people that are on the wait list to stay tuned. They are. This is just the first round emphasis on first round. So they are. um they are going to be opening this up to more and more people and um, the application to be a tester is still available on the Twitter support site. So we'll be dropping the link in the article and in the chat here. So you can still sign up to apply and it's um, 
and again, this is grants access to these test users to test new, almost completed features that experiment with how Twitter can look, feel, and operate. And they are encouraging people to share it, get feedback, give it back, you know, give feedback back to Twitter about what they think. And so, I mean, this is, not, I think this is really cool. I did not yeah, get accepted. So. I didn't either. But okay. if you did, let us know because we want you. No, <laughs> we want to know. Like, we just want to see what it looks like. We want to, yeah. So, uh, but I did, but on, on good on them. I got an email saying you didn't get in, which yeah. how many times do you actually get those? So yeah, thank you. It was a very thank nice email too. It was just like, not now, but soon, just wait. <laughs> You're on the wait list. Yep. Be patient. If so. you do want to see what the, uh, what the email you get when, once you're accepted and what that initial, uh, what that will look like. Matt Navarro provided tweet uh, photos in a, in, in a tweet that we're dropping the links in. So you can see what that email looks like, what the process is for signing up, what the app looks like. Um, of course he was accepted and that's really cool. So if you follow, <laughs> of course he was, of course he was, but if you, uh, but you know, if you follow along, then, I mean, he has been very forthcoming of, you know, what that process is. So it's cool to look at it from that perspective as well. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Well, so so also speaking of Matt Navarra, he also first discovered that Facebook is testing new stories features for Facebook pages. So what this is going to do is give Facebook page admins the option to turn uh, on these two new stories features. The first one being the ability to archive a page's stories longer than the 24 hour display that they before they decay and disappear. Um which means that it'll allow it to stay there. I believe in probably a similar way to uh, the archiving feature where you can keep uh, stories on your Instagram archive on the profile mm -hmm. there. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then the other one is uh, the ability to enable your stories to be shared, which again is something we've also seen be a right. huge boost to visibility and discoverability over on Instagram. So really it's just two new Instagram features taken over to Facebook pages, yep. but we welcome you, them. Yes, absolutely. And you can find the uh, story archives feature. If you have that on your page, it'll be in the stories tab in your page publisher tool menu. So look for that. And then the ability to enable story sharing will be under the general tab in your page setting menu. So if those things have been activated on your accounts, that is where you will find them. Sweet. Mm -hmm. And our last piece of news for the week is something that you're basically going to have to keep your eye out for. It's it related to YouTube stories, and it has to do with AI-powered AR, so artificial intelligence-powered augmented reality. I can't believe I just said that correctly. <laughs> Creator effects for YouTube stories. And yep. it looked pretty cool, but it's just an announcement. It's just something coming out that, again, for YouTube stories, it's going to be very um, – creator heavy in terms of what you'll be able to do with those stories and how, what you'll be able to do with them in terms of augmenting reality and things like that. I mean, stuff that we've seen on Snapchat for a while. Right. So it's exciting. Take a look in the show notes uh, on the article again on Saturday, socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. Take a look and see what you think. I think it's pretty exciting, but again, YouTube stories is still something I don't know that a lot of people are using, but some people, I think some people are using. 
Yeah, I think they're just testing it with a group of creators. Uh, I think that was creators of the capital C people <laughs> with uh, yep. to, with more than uh, 10,000 subscribers who are currently in their beta test program for YouTube stories. So this is something that they yep. rolled out last year and then they it was called Reels. They turned it into stories, to, I guess, to be competitive with other stories features. And uh, the cool thing about this is that it uses machine learning capabilities that uh, Google is applying to many of its other products projects or products. So uh, they actually added a new AR feature to Google Maps as well. So it is the same thing. And they're using more advanced technology. So there is a very technical article that was published (laughs) by the Google AI team, which if you really want, if you're a developer, you're interested in in the technical side of it, like how exactly it works, why it works better, and um, the different uh, capabilities that it has. Like it can... It accounts more for. Co- oh, and the other thing that I wanted to mention is that you don't need a super awesome camera to do this because right. the technology actually compensates for, you know, lighting or this or that. And so it reduces noise, crops faces, tracks facial body movements more realistically. So you don't even need like some super advanced camera or even the newest camera to do it. You just have what you use what you have. So definitely very exciting. Yeah. So again, go geek, go geek out over that article, which you'll find in our show notes for this episode by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. That is our show. Special thanks to Jeff C for handling, handling the simulcasts and to Grace Duffy, our show producer. She's right here. She's also the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Eric, for being an excellent host. And thank you again, Amanda Vaughn, for being a great guest today. And we will all look forward to seeing you next week because we will not have a show here. We will have a show yes. there in San Diego. So join yes. us there. Go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live stage to watch our live stage from Social Media Examiner uh, at Social Media Marketing World 2019. And again, join us. If you still can make it, great. If you got to go virtually, go virtual. But either way, go to smmw19.com to join us. And we look forward to seeing you next week on the social channels, as well as in two weeks back here again for a regular show. And with that, I'll say thanks and have a great weekend. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.